moored safely, what would be happening down there? Utter chaos. It's the same with our lives. If we don't, our lives are not tied down to Christ, there's going to be nothing but confusion and trouble. We're going to be driven every which way. Who knows what will happen to us, but there will be a disaster. And that brings us kind of to this song, because here's David, and there's trouble, and he finds his hope in the Lord. And as you see in the corner post, and the theme that I want to bring out to you this morning is really the theme that David presses to us, that you personally, you as a church, every one of us need to be always trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ in absolutely everything all the time. You'll see this is a psalm of faith. Faith is the lifeblood that runs through every verse. And so as we go through it, every one of us needs to be asking ourselves: do I echo this? Is this my confession? Is this what my heart says? That's for me. That's for every one of you. Let's take this psalm and ask ourselves where we stand before the Savior. And four things that I want to ask you. First of all, can you confess your faith with David? And we don't know exactly when he wrote this. You know David's story, though. His life was not easy. Saul chased him all over the place. He had trouble in his family, trouble on every side. How did he respond? Now, our translation says his soul finds rest in God. If you wanted to be literal, in silence before God. Silently, in the presence of his Savior. He, is, he says, my soul waits in silence before the Lord. Can you say that? Can you say, I know Jesus died for me. I'm a child of God. I know he's going to bring me through all the things that are going on in my life. I know he will save me. I know one day he is going to take me home. And so I can silently wait on him every single day in everything. Right now, there's so much noise around us. Nothing new. It's always been that way. If you turn on any form of media, you're going to get it shouting in your face all the time. This has gone wrong today. Disaster here. More big problems. Fear flows. Everywhere around us, all around, every form of media, internet, radio, television, wherever you go. And I grew up on the old Star Wars, and I always remember the line, fear will keep them in line. And the overwhelming message is, you should be terrified. Live in fear of tomorrow. How should we respond as Christians? Well, this psalm tells us a good bit of it should be silence. Silently quietly waiting on the Lord. 
We have a lot of children around. If you take a child for a ride in the car, what's the most common thing that's heard all over the world? Are we there yet? You know, children, they can't wait. They need things now. And you know, as adults, it's easy for us to be like the little children. We live in a society that knows what it wants, and it wants it yesterday, and it wants it better than it can imagine. And when people don't get what they want, they're so quick to say something about it. But yet, as Christians, we should be totally different. When there's trouble, when there's need, we should often be found silently waiting on our Savior, listening to Him reading His Word, drinking it into our souls, and thanking Him for everything He's done, resting in Him, trusting in Him. Why is that? Because our salvation comes from Him. Should you trust the government to save us? No, that's foolish. Should you depend on the most qualified people in the world to save us? No. We, as Christians, don't put our trust in anybody around us at all. We say, my salvation is found in the living and true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He holds everything in his hands. I trust in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will save me. God will take care of me. My God is for me. You can say that with David. If you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you see him running to his pictures, the ones he loves. If you know the Psalms, you know David loves to talk about the Lord as a rock, as a salvation, as his fortress. And because of that, whatever happens with Christ as his fortress, he cannot be moved. He's not going to be shaken like a leaf in the wind and blown away. You trust in the Lord Jesus, he'll keep you safe and secure. You hide in the rock who is Jesus Christ. The wind and the waves break over your life and you will be safe. As it were, it's like we're in a lighthouse in the middle of a gale with the waves crashing over the rocks. Yet the lighthouse stands secure. You see those lighthouses along the coast? There for hundreds of years, Christ is even better than they. He stands forever. Our world is scared. People are full of fear. They're running every which way, looking to man, looking to our government. Are you quietly resting in Christ, trusting that He'll care for you no matter what happens? Instead of being like a baby screaming for mom, we need to have quiet souls like the weaned child resting his head on his mother's arms, sleeping silently, trusting. Is that your relationship to God and Christ? Every one of us needs to ask, can we confess our faith with David? Now, I said he's not trusting in a very easy time, is he? He's surrounded by enemies. And if 
you look in verses 3 and 4, he begins to speak to them. I want to ask you, how do you talk to Christ's enemies? Do you plead with those who are opposing the Lord Jesus Christ? In these verses, David is talking to the wicked. And he tells us how we should talk to those who look at Christ and say, I don't want him. I hate him. Get him out of my life. Get him out of my country. He asks them, how long are you going to assault me? You know, assault is a horrible thing. Here, the enemies are seeking to assault him. Beat him up. Wound him. Kill him. Who? Well, it says me. And yes, it's talking about David. But more than David, this is talking about David as the king, as the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he's a shadow. He points us to the greater than David, the one who sits on the throne of David forever and ever. And so when we see here the world attacking, this is the world attacking Jesus Christ. We should ask, how long will you attack the Messiah? How long will you fight against Jesus? You know, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories out there today. Some fall for crazy ones. Others just laugh at them all. And you can go wrong either direction. Most of us go wrong both directions. But it's easy to forget. God does tell us that there is a conspiracy out there. The unbelieving world is constantly plotting. They look and see Christ on the throne and they want him off. He is on the throne. They want to topple him. They don't want Christ to rule. They want to throw Jesus out. They don't want his rules. They don't want his ways. They'd rather listen to Satan's lies than God's holy words. There are many people who speak with honeyed lips. They say such nice things, but inwardly they hate everything that God stands for. As it says here, their hearts are cursing even as they speak blessing out of their mouths. You know, David's description here of the enemy in verses 3 and 4 really rings true to us. We see the vast numbers of people who want absolutely nothing to do with what God says is right, want to overthrow it, want to overthrow everything to do with Christ. If he says yes, they say no. If he says yeah, no, they say yes. And while they speak so beautifully, that comes from an evil heart. And that should never shock us. Who, what did Jesus say? They hated him for no reason at all. Did he do anything wrong? He was perfect and holy. And yet they hated him. And he says, they hated me. There are going to be many who hate us because we belong to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so there will always be all over the earth those who are thinking of evil things to do. And we heard of our brother and sister seeking to go out to another unreached people group. There will always be people there who want to do anything they can to keep Christ away. Why? Because they want to throw him off the throne. They don't want to bend the knee. And so with David, we need to call out to them. 
He's saying, how long are you going to be so foolish? Stop. Turn away from your folly. Run to Christ. Bow before the Lord and His anointed. Don't fight against Him. And David gives a really vivid picture in verse 3. It's actually pretty hard to translate. I'd put it this way. Literally, I think it means you're going to be slain because you're like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. Gave you a picture. There's the lighthouse in the storm. This is the picture, as it were, in the middle of that same store. There is an old wall on an old house, and the gale hits it, and you can see it bending in the wind. You know that house is about to fall flat. Growing up in the States, there were always the hurricanes, and you'd have the caravan parks, and it blew through, and there is nothing left. That's the picture here. It's as it were, they're a dike and the sea is breaking against it. It's beginning to crack and it's going to cave in and the whole plain is going to be covered in water. He's saying, the day is coming when Christ is going to deal with your sin and you're not in a safe space if you're fighting against the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we need to tell them, if we love the people around us, we need to say, stop being so foolish. You can't throw him off the throne. He comes. He's going to deal with your sin. Turn away. Seek his face. Otherwise, you're like a log pile in a wildfire. And you're going to be burnt to chars. You need to find refuge in Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ saves his people. And he will. Defend you who quietly trust in him. So, what about us? We know these things. These things are true. This is what we need to do. But what about our own hearts? You need to say, how do I respond? Because that's what David does next. You look in verses 5 down to 8. He says, how am I going to react to this? How will I respond in my heart? The first two verses, this is what I am doing and what I believe. Now he's encouraging himself to do it. Do you encourage yourself to actually act on what you know? As it were, you need to preach to your own heart day by day. You know the truth. Speak to your own soul. Say to your soul, I believe. Well, I need to believe. I know this. Believe it. I've repented of my sins. Let me get about the business of turning away from sin and living out a love to Jesus. I love Jesus. So let's love him. Love the Lord Jesus. He's speaking to himself and saying, let's get about the business of living for Jesus. Ask yourself, are you telling yourself I need to confidently wait for Christ. I don't care what is going on in the world, no matter how bad it gets. I need to be resting in God. And I said earlier, we're told, look to the government, it will save us. 
Wait for the vaccine to save us. Wait for people to do something. And while God does use medicine and God does use government, as Christians, our hope and our only hope needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be resting confidently in Him, knowing that no matter how bad things get or how wonderful they get, He will save us. We trust Him to work. You remember Habakkuk we just read? Total disaster. Babylon's coming to wreck everything. The Lord says, I'm going to deal with Judah's sins. And then He says, But you know what? In the middle of all this, the just will live by faith. Paul quotes this and tells us that we're justified by faith. And then being justified by faith in Christ alone, then what happens? We live for Him. And here Habakkuk is told by the Lord, look, the righteous are going to live by faith. They're going to live faith. They are going to be found trusting Always in the Lord, in the midst of chaos, disaster, beyond anything we've ever seen. You trust in Christ. You need to make sure you say to your soul, trust Him all the time. Sing to your own soul. Speak to your own soul. Don't rest in anything except Jesus Christ alone for life and death in everything without exception. He takes care of it all. Rest in Christ. Will you take refuge in Him? You know David's words. He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my fortress. I'm not going to be shaken. He's my glory. Speak to yourself about all the amazing promises He makes to your soul. He does so much for you. He's done everything for you. He promises everything to you. Remind yourself. Tell you of all Christ's love gifts to you. And say, I believe He's given this to me. I'm going to trust He will. I'm going to trust that He's going to take care of my soul. Look around you. He's done so many amazing things in the lives of all these people around you. And say, I see it in them. I trust Him too. I have such a Savior, I will not be moved. Not because of anything in here. Every one of us can say, I'm nothing. I'm dirt. But He's everything. He's the King of glory, the Savior. He cannot be moved. For me to be moved, Jesus must be moved. Can He be moved? No. Therefore, I cannot Be moved because Christ is for me. The rock of my salvation. Say to your soul, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Come, as Paul says, with boldness, with access, with confidence to God in heaven in Christ by faith. And encourage your soul to hold on to Jesus your Savior. Say, in Him I will not be moved. We need to stir ourselves up to believe. Will you also move on? You've spoken to your own soul and you should. You look in your own eye and you see the beam of unbelief, the beam of doubt, the beam of fear. You say to your soul, be gone. You plead with the Lord and say, Lord, fill me with faith and hope and love. 
Then you need to look around you. Verse, the beginning of verse 8, David turns from speaking to himself and he says, now everybody here, you trust. Is that you? Are you saying to everyone else in this congregation, you need to trust in Jesus? Always. When you talk together, when you see each other, do you encourage each other to living faith? That should be one of the marks of every single body of Christ in this world. That we're encouraging each other to trust in Jesus all the time. Say to each other every day, trust in Christ alone always. We need to do that. Difficult days, encourage each other to faith and pray. Pour out your heart before the Lord. We wait silently. We're not in an uproar. But we're not Eastern mystics. We don't sit there in a trance in silence. We pray. And we need to be those who are always praying to God because He's our refuge. We rest in our Savior, so we speak to Him. We tell Him what we need. We bless His name for all the wonders He does. David says, believe and believe stir your soul to live by faith but why these last couple verses you could take a long time on them I'll say a few words why should we only trust Christ why not trust in everybody else why not look to the world to save us well no one can because no one is able. You look at the end. Only God has power. And yet in contrast, people are utterly powerless. Look at verse 9. The lowborn, they're like a passing vapor. You put it on a scale, it goes up less than nothing. Not zero strength, but minus strength. You, you look at the powerful and they're a lie. It's like they're a cardboard stage prop, not the real thing. They're a false front. They have no strength. The psalmist is so clear. The power of people is nothing. And then we have the other power. One thing God has spoken. I heard too. Power only belongs to God. God is God of all power and might, but not only that, the God of mercy. Is the world merciful? No. But with Christ, there's hope. There's life. We trust in the Lord Jesus. We find life in Jesus. He gives us abundant, eternal life in Him. So what are we going to do? Be like the world. Be afraid. Look to the powerless and find nothing as we rebel against the mighty God, the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Will we hear the good news? That Jesus Christ saves sinners. Will we trust in Him to take away our sins, give us everlasting life with God? And will we live by faith in Christ alone Always. David says, brethren, trust the Lord 
always in everything. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, you're a God of amazing mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Deliverer. You know in our day, everyone's turning every which way. We look to those in power. We look to those who have knowledge. But we know that there is only one hope and one help. Jesus, the Savior. Oh Lord, bless the congregation here with great faith in him. Oh Lord, work in them that they would constantly, each one, be speaking to their own soul and speaking to each other, encouraging themselves to faith in Christ alone. We ask it in Jesus. Amen.